Welcome to this week's episode of Millennial Ministry, the podcast for young adults for Village Presbyterian Church. I am returning as your host, if you've forgotten about me. Uh, my name is Matt. Uh, we haven't had a podcast since June, uh, but we are back, baby. Um, with me is uh, the pastor for young adults, uh, Hallie Hoddle. Hallie, how are you? Hey. And also, uh, Double Doctor Trenton Smith. Is that how you refer to yourself? It is. Whenever I meet people, that's what I say. I say, hey. Double Dr. Trenton Smith, how you doing? Just really sets it off on the right foot for like making me approachable. <laughs> exactly. And let them know that I'm all about humility. Hey, I mean, if it's factual. Mm, that's damn straight. <laughs> so there, there's been some things that have happened in the world since, uh, since June. Maybe too many things to count. Um, there's a running joke sort of online that's 2020 will be its own class in future history books um, with all that has happened. You know, we've had racial unrest and uh, protests over the last couple of months. We've had a resurgence of COVID after uh, places tightened up their, uh, or not tightened up, they loosened their restrictions uh, somewhat predictably, uh, but it happened nonetheless. It's just sort of continued on uh, in this current world that we're living in. However, we are talking about hope. Isn't that right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So in, so like in all of the chaos that we've just been in, you know, like I keep trying to give a different name or a different theme to all of these different kind of moments of the pandemic that we're living through. It's like we've, we all went through like for like a hot minute, like a really short minute, but like let's use this time as an opportunity to get healthy. And then we all baked things. And then I think we all just went straight to booze at some point. And then, like, I don't know what happened after that. We all just needed a break from even thinking about it. The memes have been consistent. Right? Like, there's all of these things that were different moments and different expressions of how we're feeling in this, in this season. And the thing that I keep being asked, especially in this last month or so, Um, are people wanting to know where is the hope? And I understand that question, I think. Um, I understand our desire to grasp for something that is good and light in this chaotic season that we're continuing in. But I have started to obsess. Is that, I can't say that's too strong of a word. I've started to just really be bothered by the word hope and to think about it and stew on it and obsess about it a little bit because I'm wondering what it is we're asking when we're asking, where is the hope? What, what do you think of when you hear the word hope? Well, I think that's a, it's a good question and there's different definitions of hope. If you ask Joanna Gaines, She's going to quote uh, Emily Dickinson with one of her tacky-ass signs that says, hope is a thing with feathers that lives in the soul. If, you, uh, you know, if, if we ask what modern society thinks of hope, it's always a positive thing. But I think since this is for Theology Thursdays, we should look at hope as also in a biblical definition. And I think that this is kind of what we're going to lean into this fall, is that, yes, hope is about expecting the good that's going to come eventually that we are eventually going to get through the cross and get to the resurrection. Um, and we get, to, we get to get to Sunday morning. But that in the Bible, in some of its oldest definitions, hope comes from root words that means to endure. 
and it means to expectantly wait. And the best way to understand expectantly wait is in some ways and is often translated as almost someone who's having labor, labor pains. But hope doesn't have to just be positive. It's not something that gets slapped on a motivational poster on the wall or a platitude or on a sign that you buy at Magnolia Market for $200. It's something that you have to live through. Hope is something that is a verb, not an adjective. Mm, yeah, that's totally where we're going. And Trenton, I think you said, um, you know, our modern world, I would say not even that, I would say just uh, America uh, in and of itself has a very unique understanding and idea of this word, right? Like we have this optimism that is kind of baked into the thing that we call the American dream, the cultural greetings that we use, you know, like, how are you? Oh, I'm doing good. There is in us a conflating of optimism and hope, I think. This positivity or happiness um, has converged with our idea of hope at some point. Um, and it's not that I am against positivity. I've struggled in writing some of the things because I end up sounding like I'm like hating the idea of being positive. That's not it. Being positive is cool. But when we are thinking theologically, hope is bigger and deeper and harder than that. And some of the, some of the resources we're going to be using this fall, some of the folks who are writing and talking in wise ways about this or have in the past are, are people that um, have endured great things. We're going to look a little at uh, the theologian Jürgen Moltmann. We're going to look at some Latinx theologians and some black theologians who understand hope through a lens of struggle that is a lot more aligned with our Christian understanding and witness of hope than some of this optimism that we are so culturally in tune with. It's interesting, you know, to think of the word hope and to think of it in different contexts. I think that, you know, people would struggle to, you know, really nail down what it means to hope or what the definition of the word means to hope. And I think really, as with many words uh, in the English language and in our, in our modern usage, that it sort of really has multiple meanings. I, I sort of feel like there's two meanings, right? So like, I hope that the Chiefs win another Super Bowl, or I hope that I win the lottery, or I hope that the Royals hit a home run in the next inning, you know, something like that. That's about being positive and about like wishing for something. Whereas to have hope in a future or to have hope in an ideal, that's really the meaning that we're really talking about, right? Yeah, totally. And I, again, I going to be interesting in our first week together, when you all sign up for Theology Thursdays, we're going to kind of unpack how we all understand hope already. I think there's things to be learned in that. So we'll do some deconstructing and then some reconstructing. I think it's hard for folks like me and those of us who lead in a capacity of having to speak things out loud right now, because it's really hard to even know how to speak of the days that we're living in, to not err on being too dramatic, and yet not to downplay the severity of what we really are experiencing, right? Like the, the unrest around us is a huge thing. You know, like we've been marching for months now, there is not an end in sight. Um, at least not while our current administration is in power. 
And if we're living in days that are hard and that are chaotic and struggling to see the hope, that's where the optimism that we tie to it starts to undo us a little bit and starts to become a detriment to us finding it because this deeper hope that we find in Jesus would look at these days and say, ah, look, it's in the midst of crappiness and it's in the midst of the hard things that the hope actually becomes more visible and more important to hold on to. But it's hard to um, see that, to know that if we're just looking for the immediate good news, the quick fix of positivity. For me, my favorite theological discussion of hope comes from a man named Augustine of Hippo. He was a thinker and a writer in the fifth century. And in church history, he is like the Michael Jordan of theology. He is, he is the, the greatest of all time. There's a guy named Thomas Aquinas who challenges him as LeBron, and they kind of go back and forth over who's better. But he talks about hope, and he says that hope has two beautiful daughters. Their names are anger and courage. Anger at the way things are, and courage to see that they do not remain as they are. And so I think that that's what hope is, theologically, that we kind of treat hope sometime as waiting for a promised day, which we do. And we, and we acknowledge that we can't control that. What Augustine is saying is the ills in society that we seem to see around us, we can't just sit and hope and wait that they change. We actually have to do something about it. Hope demands action. And you can't have hope and be passive. And I think there is something to be said in the wake of sort of what almost feels like a second civil rights movement of sorts, in that different people and different backgrounds, you know, have different conceptions of hope. And, you know, as a musician, I have sung many, you know, African-American spirituals, right, which were written not even written, you know, they were, they were basically communal songs that happened when the slaves were on the plantations and they came up with these songs and they sung these songs and they were passed down from generation to generation. What, what strikes me as interesting is how so many people can hope and even if things are really, really bad or regardless of how society views you, Hope is an integral part of the human experience. Without hope, there is no Christianity. Our whole thing is based on faith, hope, and love. Yeah. We're talking a lot about the uh, racial unrest that's happening right now. But also, I mean, prior to May, when the murder of George Floyd kind of kicked that off, I mean, we're already seeing signs of how our, how our optimism is not serving us in this, right? I think in some of our institutions and organizations and just some of our, you know, leaders who are talking about how we are managing COVID, when I hear people saying things like, well, we're hoping that, you know, we can open again and that things will be okay. We're hoping we've gotten past the first wave and that things will level off. I'm not sure that that's really true to any definition of hope. I mean, that's, as Matt, you just said, like, wishful thinking doesn't really have a place here. Maybe if we were really trusting the science, I would like predictions rooted in facts and science and best guesses. Um, but the hope is something else. And I think we're actually hurting ourselves when we're, we're hoping things will work out when every indication is telling us that it's not going to. 
we're not good at the endurance piece if we're reaching for the optimism. And that is coming back to bite us, I'm afraid. I also think it's unique in human history. I mean, granted, there have been pandemic and plague before, but it's rare that everyone is hoping for the same thing. As Christians, we always have hope in, in a, an eventual better day, right? But across all races and religions and orientations and sexes and everything right now, we're all hoping for the end of this pandemic. We're approaching the end of the pandemic differently. Some of us are tweeting, others are doing experiments in the lab, but it's rare that we all as humans are pulling on the same oar, so to speak, and hoping for the same direction, the same eventual goal. And I think that that makes us a unique time to examine hope in all of its forms. Um, and I'm kind of curious to see where this takes us as how we as humans hope different than how we as a faithful people hope. Do you feel like we're all hoping in the same direction right now? I think the vast majority of us are. I think that we're all hoping we're all we're all one maybe not hoping is the right word. Hoping, wanting the same thing, but vastly different ways of getting there. Some trust the science, others don't. Others don't. Succinct. You might know what I'm talking about. I don't know. But I think that but I think that as people we all want the same thing. From yeah. Donald J. Trump to Jill Stein, we all want pandemic over. That's also something interesting to think about, which is at the end of the day, everyone wants the world to be better. But that's not really the the point. You know, of course everyone wants the world to be better. The question is, well, what do we do with that now? And I think that is where putting hope into its proper context can help um, because it can help you as a person or as a group of people or as a society do the things that actually really matter to making the world a better place and not just making a world better, a better place for you. One of the elements of our theology of hope that we'll get to is that we believe hope is always communal, that in the Christian context, there is no individual or personal hope. It's always all of us, which I think looks really interesting in this moment that we're in. If we're all hoping in whatever direction, if we're all working in a particular direction for the betterment of the world, that looks different. And I think it looks different if depending on who we think is in the boat with us. Mm -hmm. I do think as we enter this time, though, and we're starting with community, with the barbecue on the 25th, um, the last time we were all together which would have been those final gathering Sundays before this all hit. The end of the church service for the gathering is all rooted in hope because we do communion and that's an act of hope. And then there's the benediction and that's an act of hope because every time we do a benediction, it means in Latin good word. It means you're given a good word to go with. And every time we do it, Hallie and Tom at least use it to remind people of their duty to go out into the world and offer hope. So we were sent forth in hope. We've been acting in hope this entire time. And then we come back together in community to examine hope. So in some ways, we left each other in hope. And we're coming back together in hope. And we're going to keep repeating this cycle over and over and over again. And that's a pretty cool thing, I think. 
So Hallie, what are some of the things that we are going to be going forward um, and talking about uh, regarding hope? Maybe some of the books that we'll be looking at or some of the thinkers or just some of the events or some of the things that we'll be doing uh, in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, so we we're setting this up in like reverse classroom style. If any of y'all are in school or teaching school. Um, so the, there's going to be just a short um, video to watch every week and something to read every week before we come together. And those gatherings will be online. Um, I'll be leading online. Trenton will be leading online. We'll have some other folks joining us along the way. And uh, we do have the possibility of having some tiny groups, like not small groups, uh, tiny groups. We can't all be together right now and, and have that be safe to do that week after week. So three or four folks at a time are going to meet in some of our hosts' homes. So if you're, if you're someone who's just needing to be around some, some humans and friends, you can do that. But still, even those tiny groups will gather online. So we'll, we'll all be together online, however you want to do that, individually or with a tiny group. And we'll read and watch before we gather each week. Uh, and we're going to touch on these different elements that are essential in creating our own theologies of hope. Uh, that being time, thinking about what we're working for in the moment, but also what we're working for big picture that is always beyond us and far away. And we'll be looking at the role of the cross, doing a little theology of the cross, which I don't know, as Presbyterians, as Americans, we just don't spend too much time on the cross. We jump up there on Good Friday, and then we like to jump right back off and get to the resurrection. So we're going to linger a little bit on that Good Friday story. And then we're going to talk about the role of community, that the promised day, if we're just trying to get there by ourselves, it's not going to be that promise at all. We always have to go all together on the role of that community plays in hope. We're going to be investigating those themes, learning in those themes from... Uh, Jürgen Moltmann, who's a German theologian, and from MLK, some of his work and writing uh, uh, as a testament to hope. And Miguel de la Torre, who's a um, Latinx theologian and comes from a South American experience. And then, because too many theologians in a room is never a good thing, we're going to end with some poetry by Alice Walker. One of her books has a title that has just been my favorite in, this, in these days. It's called Hard Times Require Furious Dancing. And to me, that kind of captures the Christian understanding of hope. All right. So you heard it here, folks. Our, our plan moving forward for the next couple of weeks. I hope it'll be good. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh. <laughs> So what we'll do is if you haven't come to our uh, Theology Thursdays or if you've forgotten what it is, um, we have a website for you. It's www.villagepresya.org. That's villagepresya.org. Um, and you can come and subscribe uh, to receive email updates um, and to sign up for all sorts of varying things, including Theology Thursdays and you can also find the rest of our podcasts up there as well. Um, so come visit villagepresswaya.org and we hope to see you soon at Theology Thursdays in the next couple of weeks.